Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello, this is Curtin, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast, the number 30 podcast in the Paraguay Apple Podcast TV and film charts. Wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. Now, um, uh, it's a very special episode in our Top Trumps episodes this week. First, let me introduce Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Pav. How are you? You're very well, thank Shut you. Shut up! Well, I don't want to know. <laughs> Sorry, sir. That's Sorry. okay. That's okay. Now, if anybody's been listening to uh, the last few episodes, we've done the top Trumps episodes where we get uh, a guest to come in and chat about the particular character we're talking to. This episode, we've got the best person ever that can talk about Curtin Mucklow. It's only fucking Charlie Cooper himself. <laughs> Charlie, how are we doing? Good. How are you guys? We're and like I say, there isn't anybody. I feel like when we're doing these episodes, we all sort of say this is what we think, and this is you know this is our scores. I feel like we can't really argue with you about any of the scores for this, although it's our true. opinion. That's very true. We you know, want. <laughs> but you know, you know, it's um, it's lovely to have you with us, Charlie. It really is. We know how busy you are. We know, um, you know, all, we've got so much stuff we'd love to chat to you about. Um, right. I want to get through a little bit of business first. First of all, we want to say hello to Doug Simpson, our latest peeper supreme. So hello, Doug. Hello, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Right, Doug. There you go. Look, and look at that. that. That's worth his fiver a month. Just have Charlie to say hello to him. Look. So how about oh. that? You're pleased as punch. Look. Um, and then we're going to go through Griff's scores from last week. So uh, these are the official scores for Griff. So for Got Range, he got 51. Uh, as a peeper, he got 18. Nice low score for being a <laughs> yeah. peeper. For Griff. Random Acts of Kindness, 76. He's a kind old soul. Uh, Cockwomble, 18. And Having a Laugh, 42. Sounds fair, doesn't it? So, I saw Griff the other day, weirdly. Did you? Yeah, in Sirens. Bumped into him. Lovely man. Yeah. Lovely Isn't man. he? 
Well, I mean, it says he was he was seventy six for random acts of kindness, and I think that's pretty much sums up Griff. I think in in uh, in all regards. So, um, Charlie, the last time we spoke was I think just as series three was coming out. Is that right? I think. Yeah, it must have been this, probably this time last year. It was almost this this time last year. Yeah. Um, And then obviously Series 3 came out and it was was a weird time. We only spoke about this on last week's um, Patreon meetup that this country came out and then COVID happened. Yeah. And uh, and we know for fans, it felt almost like we didn't get a chance to say goodbye to the show the way that we wanted to. How how was it for you at that time? Yes, it was so weird. I think because it would have been, I think it was end of March, was it the show? Yeah. So we weren't quite locked down yet, but I think it overlapped. Um, But yeah, it was just so surreal, really. I mean, it was quite good because it meant that everyone sort of had nothing else to do but watch the show. So (laughs) the viewing figures were quite good, I think. But um, no, just really, really strange. I mean, just trying to, I mean, it feels like so much has happened in a year. Mm. Although it still feels like yesterday, which is mm. so strange. Um, but no, it was, yeah, it was quite sad that it was the last thing. Um, but the response was so good and we were so, like, chuffed with mm. how people reacted to it. Um, so, yeah, really strange. Did it affect any of the publicity, what you were due to do for the show? I think we had we had done everything. I, I don't think we actually missed anything out like all the newspaper stuff and magazines we had done quite far in advance um we'd done some like tv and radio i think that was all in february so we were Mm. quite quite lucky with that and i'm just so grateful that we weren't you know having to shoot it now with all the restrictions going on that would have been really tricky um but yeah so did you um you said you were happy with the the reaction of fans. Was it a little bit different this year? Because like you weren't walking around siren or whatever, and people saying, "Oh, I love it." It was all I'm assuming sort of all online, and you were getting yeah. the feedback from Twitter and and Instagram and stuff. Yeah, it's just it's I mean, that's a great thing, but also a bad thing about social media is that you can get that instant reaction, and it all depends on how brave you are if you really want to look. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I remember we were up. I think it, we were up in London when the first episode came out, which was the Slugs one. And that was the one that we were really quite apprehensive about because obviously he he passed away not long before, well, really, we, that we had to shoot. And that episode was something that we had to write really sort of um, towards the end of, you know, writing the whole series. And that was, you know, we were sort of trying to grieve at the same time, but also still work. And that was so difficult. Mm. But um, I think we, and we went through so many different um, ideas for that episode of like how we can really, you know, do a fitting tribute for Slugs. And then we, um, I th- and then we sort of, I think it was like when we started sort of pre-production, like early rehearsals, we sort of were chatting after one of the days and like stumbled on it. And um, and, ha- and got the idea about the letter for slugs. I think it was actually Tom George, the director, who, who said it was like a similar thing that happened to him when he was young. He'd been on holiday with a group of mates, and one of them had did something, had done something bad, mm. and then it was only revealed years later. 
And it felt felt so perfect for Slugs, that character, because he was like, the only time we ever really saw him in the series was when he came in to drop some sort of bombshell information and then waddle off again. Yeah. So perfect. Um, So, yeah, that was the episode we, you know, because it was a really real rush to write. And that was the first one going out. And we we had to be the first one. Um, And the response to that was just amazing. It was like really, really positive. And we were so chuffed. Um, and that was yeah, a huge relief. And then it was went on from there, really. Mm. I was I was adamant because we were at the um, the preview thing at the Bingham Hall. Oh yeah. And when I saw that the first time, I was adamant that Kerry and Slugs had like shagged or something. That's what that's what it, <laughs> that's what it was. And that was going to be the big bombshell. And then it, the fact that they just broke a bed because they were <laughs> yeah. at his castle, or whatever it was. Um, it's always you always think it's going to be a big thing. Yeah, but it just turns out to be a complete sort of damp squib. Yeah, but I will say, I think you absolutely got. Um, I think we t- said this to you on the, on that night that you absolutely got the the balance perfect, and oh, yeah. it must it must have been so hard for you to film that episode. Yeah, it was really hard, and it was because it was just so raw, and you know, it was like it was like it was just a few months. So, um, but it, it was just so nice at the same time to be to be able to do something like that and you know you know give him a send-off and give him a tribute like we did you know that felt so good Mm. although you know so many emotions i suppose really yeah Mm. so once the series had completely dropped um how did you feel i mean you know because obviously this country as you said is pretty much over yeah from there how was your particular feelings towards that um <laughs> relief a little bit i think i think it's tricky because it's like um this country has been sort of part of our lives since you know we were born really mm. it was always in the making and it was and we, it took us so long to get the show made and there were so many ups and downs so you know it, it so it didn't you know for a lot of people it just starts when they watch the first series which was a few years ago but mm. for us it's you know 15 years probably and so I think and with each series that we did we always had less time to write it and because of you know other things going on and we always I think we felt the pressure a lot with that last series and then obviously with Michael dying um was yeah huge thing so we and we had this yeah just no time really so it was Mm. so um so we're really apprehensive about it so yeah, to have, I mean, yeah. Again, it's sad that it's done, but you know, not to say that we won't revisit it. But I think for the time being, it was sort of we wanted to leave it, at, you know, at a good place. And I think mm. that's what we did. That was the most important thing for us. You definitely did, yeah, definitely did. So, I think it was a perfect ending, wasn't it? That last I think, yeah, the expectation grew. I think after each series and then the special. So the expe- expectation for this, when everybody knew, I mean, was it, it's always going to be three series, was it? Or No, not really. I think we, we always said that we'd know when the time was right to end it. I think we were, when we were writing the, I think when we were writing the second series, we thought that we probably had enough in us for another series and a special. And we sort of knew what the ending would be by then. Mm. And then when we were writing the third series, 
it was like, yeah, we definitely know this is the end just because it was hard to think of new ideas that we felt were good enough and that we felt were funny. And, and, you know, there is a danger of repeating yourself. There were so many like ideas that we had. It was like, oh no, we've sort of done that in this episode or we've done that in that episode. And it was so important to us to end it while it was good. Mm. Um, yeah. And you could go on, you know, for multiple series, but you just know it's going to, you know, the quality will decrease slightly. And I think, um, it, yeah, it felt right. But it was, that, that last series was slightly stressful. Just the pressure and mm. not having much time. But um, we were so, so chuffed with the response and how it turned out in the end. Absolutely. And you always want the audience wanting more, Charlie. You always want hey, them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when it when it gets to like, I mean, I was reading so much stuff on on online when they're saying ah but there's going to be a christmas special don't yeah. worry they're, they're, they're bound to do a christmas special they're bound to do this they're bound to do that and it's like nobody's taking you at your word that you know this is it this is the last and i suppose that is that's a way of fans just wanting to hold on to it more isn't it yeah definitely I mean, there's always you know i was a huge fan of gavin and stacy so when you know i realized they were doing a christmas special it's so it's so exciting. It's so good. Mm. Um, you know, especially when there's been that bit of a break. So, you know, there's no, it's, you know, who's to say, yeah, we could potentially, we, we need to give it enough time, I think. But, mm. you know, I'd like to you, think it's, it isn't the end. No, you've done what you've done with it for now and put it Sorry, to bed but... for a little while. <laughs> Very wise, yeah. Until, until you're, like, both 60, and then you're still wandering <laughs> around the village <laughs> at 60. I just think that would be amazing. <laughs> well, that's the thing, but it, it does, you know, it crosses your mind every now and then. You think, God, what would Curtin be doing now? It's even with, like, you know, coronavirus and the lockdown, you think, God, what would they be doing? Would they be all right? Would they be sort of, like, you know, sort of enjoying the novelty of it or...? So when that happens, you sort of think that you've got to revisit it at some point. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, uh, yeah we, I mean, we've had loads of requests to do a lockdown special, but I don't know. I don't think people need sort of reminding of what's going on, to be honest. I was no. just about to say, were you not were you not just tempted while you were in lockdown to just, you know, gel the hair to the sides and say to Daisy, look, let's just do a little silly thing, you know, well, I tried many times, but trying to pin Daisy down is <laughs> okay, um, right. incredibly hard. But uh, yeah, we thought about doing a little sort of freeway thing with the vicar as well. But um, no, we we never got round to it in the end, unfortunately. No, yeah, I mean that would have been amazing. That would, would have, have been just good, been crazy, wouldn't it? In, in hindsight, now you said it, but I, I wouldn't have wanted that to have been the end. Just the, the conversation three way, like you said. Yeah. Exactly. I think you ended it perfectly anyway. I just would have yeah. Would have just kept us ticking on wanting more, wouldn't it? <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, we will chat about more stuff. Um, I was going to call you Curtain then. I've been called worse, he says. Um, but we're going to, right, we're going to try and sort out Curtain's scores now for his um, his top Trump's uh, yeah. card. Okay. So we've got the five different categories. Uh, got range, how well you think he'll handle in a fight. Peeper, how much of a peeper he could be. Random acts of kindness, uh, how much of a cockwomble he is, and and how much of having a laugh uh, he is. Now, um, 
Well, let's start. We're going to give all of our scores out, and then I'll I'll tell you what the uh, the averages are when I work it out on my calculator. But let's start with got range. So, Charlie, yeah, how good do you think Curtin is in a fight, and why? And what's your what's your score? My score is five out of a hundred. <laughs> oh, <laughs> going in <Yes>. big. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at me. I'm <laughs> I'm a waif. <laughs> I get you know blown over in a slight breeze. Um, I yeah, I don't. Th- he's not the fighting type. I mean, the only time we've seen him really, you know, push to ex- his extreme is with Martin. Yeah, sleeping episode. But obviously, you know, there's a couple of kicks, but there were <laughs> there were punches thrown. Um, I think yeah, I, I think he's um, he. Not that he's not a coward, but I don't think you know. Yeah, he's he's a pipe cleaner. He's uh, see, I, I wasn't going to say that because you didn't <laughs> like that at the at the football match when Daisy started calling you oh, pipe yeah. cleaner because I think you were so worried that that was going to stick. Oh noodle, oh, was it? Oh noodle, no, it was yeah, noodle. noodle. Sorry, sorry, but pipe cleaner is the, the same thing. It's it reminds that fight scene reminds me of. Um, Bridget Jones when you got Hugh Grant and Colin Firth yeah, doing a, a good old British fight of just like tapping each other and trying to kick each other. Yeah, that's the reality of it. Any fight I've been in, that's what it's been like, really. Not that <laughs> I've fights, but... no, it's always hey. So that's a great start. Well, I went for 22 and I thought I was being kind. I thought, well, give him 22 because, I mean, look, you can either, you can run away from a fight or you can stand up. I mean, look, I've never been in a fight in my life. I've just run away from them. So, yeah. The fact that he had the balls to actually, you know, come on Charlie Large Potatoes and 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 face up to Martin is one thing. Um, but you know, uh Neil, what's your score? Twenty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. so again, I thought he, he had a little bit of oomph in him to have a go. <laughs> Whether <laughs> he did, wouldn't necessarily finish it, but he'd have a go. He, always seemed that spunky sort of character he would if you think never say that word again neil don't ever say spunky that's a terrible word spunky (laughs) come on no let's not bring your mind out of the gutter (laughs) (laughs) if you think of the um the first episode of the scarecrow how angry he got and the way you were marching i thought if anybody confronted you with that flame you'd set them on fire as well yeah i mean that that's how i used to be as a kid really it was all sort of pent-up rage that Sort of, you know, if I lost it sort of on the PlayStation or something, I would just throw a controller around the room. It wasn't really, you know, I wouldn't get violent with people. But I think curtains the same, definitely. Right, it's inanimate objects, isn't it? It's like, he's, yeah, um, when you're kicking the, was it like the grip bin or whatever it is, when you're getting really pissed off. I can't remember oh, which episode yeah. that is in series three, but yeah, you need to take it out on something, but not somebody. <laughs> it's all uh, internal with curtains, so internal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Peeper. How much of a peeper? Uh, Neil, we'll go with you first. I've got him 15. No, I don't think Curtin particularly is a peeper. He might have a look or, or a browse, <laughs> but I don't think he's um, one of these ones that would stake out and just peep along. So, no, I, I think he's got too much to do than to be a perv. Okay. Right, Charlie. I put 20. And yeah, the same reasons really. Where he was so distraught with Martin after the whole uh, Kaylee episode. So yeah, he doesn't. It's not his thing. But I suppose you know there's still potential if 
you know, something came along that he might peep, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, it's obvious that he's got, th- not thoughts of peeping, but thoughts that he's interested in the opposite sex, because obviously he's had a girlfriend, so it's not like True. he doesn't he yeah. doesn't know what to do. So, yeah. you know, what, <laughs> what? It's hard saying this when Charlie's just right there. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me, basically. You know, and, and, and you know, he's a young man. So you've got, a, I was going to say, got a feeling that he's got a stash of porno mags somewhere. But, I mean, it's the internet. You don't need porno mags these days, do you? Right. So, His nan wouldn't let him. That's the uh, only problem. She would well, know was, if he had a porno mag. I was going to say, would she? Or would he be the sort of person that might... Say, oh, Nan, if you're down at the post office, would you grab this magazine? It's about cars. It's called Fiesta. Would you grab it for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no. Is Nan too much of a control freak, I think, to yeah. ever, ever, uh, you know, she would know if he had a porno mag stash under the bed. Or <laughs> so do you think... The, you know, Wi-Fi route or whatever. <laughs> you know, Rental lock on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would, would would curtains nan be the sort of person that when curtains out she would like check his room like every nook and cranny 100 percent, totally really yeah and he would see nothing wrong with that i think because he's sort of got similar traits i would say mm. he would be exactly the same when he's a dad or whatever yeah yeah i could see that yeah i could see that with curtain definitely yeah freak, definitely. well I mean, the thing is, it's like, I think this will come into some of the things we talk about on the other the categories is the fact that he is a control freak, but I think he's got, like, especially when it comes to Kerry, he's got Kerry's thoughts in mind. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm. He's, he's, not got, he's not just a control freak for the sake of being a control freak. He's got yeah. good intentions for it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Which would move us on to random acts of kindness. Now, I've I've given Curtin seventy five for this because I think this will go on to the next category. I think he can be a cockwomble, but I think genuinely he's got a good heart. You know, I think some of it could be misguided. Some of it could just be you know he's just this young kiddie that has, as Charlie said, some pent up rage inside him. But I think overall he's genuinely got a good heart. You look at the way that he gets the the um soda stream for mm. for Kerry for his for her birthday and even then Kerry's slagging him off at the end of it. Um which you know is is a total heartbreaker because really Curtin didn't need to do that. Um you know so that's that's my um Charlie what's your score? I put 70 so okay yeah. um yeah the same reasons really there's flashes where he's incredibly generous and kind um but then he can also be quite awful especially towards the vicar um yeah yeah so it, yeah it's two extremes with curtain really there is a definitely a compassionate side though which is, is really nice when it comes out um and that's the thing that makes you know him i mean carrie to a degree is the same but she's a lot more selfish but I suppose that's what makes them endearing is that sort of, you know, you realise they do have moments of compassion. Mm. But don't you think what you said about the vicar, that comes from love as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially in series three, because he doesn't want anybody else to have him. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, you know, he doesn't he goes, want to share yeah. him with anybody. He, he goes around the houses, I think, uh, and 
and he I is so what is that sort of um what do they call it like the seven stages of sort of you know you go through sort of anger oh right yeah seven yeah. stages of grief isn't it grief, yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you'll go through each sta- sort of emotional stage quite severely um but then he can change quite quickly which is yeah nice. mm. Mm. um okay then neil i've got a hundred oh wow i wow. Gen- genuinely have because that's our all, first ever hundred through it all Curtin genuinely has got a heart of gold if you think of everything he does throughout even going to get Martin to sign that card. He doesn't have to do that. <laughs> Having a natter with his nan. That takes some gall to do, doesn't it? Well, that's what he likes doing it, though. That's, yeah, I just, uh... I think the curtain underneath all of his, you know, what, you know, he's got a heart of gold. And I, I can't see that everything he does, he does with good intention, I think. That's very sweet. I think he's got a bit of an old soul to him mm. as well, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can be a dick. Absolutely, he can be a dick. But at the end of it, he's always got that he, sort of redemption. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's, he is an old soul. He's probably more comfortable sort of with his nan's mates, chatting with his nan's mates than he is with <laughs> his own age. Yeah, like yeah. he would love going to like a stitch and bitch club in the village or something like that. And that's why it was always such a good character to write for because it was like. It was, you know, his passions were so specific and you could see him really, because he is quite obsessive and he could suddenly really get into like crafting or, do you know what I mean? Mm. So it was always, you know, and it would never really be too surprising with Curtin. Yeah, I mean, look at him at the bowls club. He was in his element at the bowls club, surrounded by all the old, the old people, making sure you know, being gutted because he made a load of cucumber sandwiches that all went to waste. (laughs) Nobody would give a shit about that, but he was so gutted, you know. But he would definitely, yeah, yeah. And you can imagine him again in fifty years' time playing bowls, just being in his element, just there with. And yeah. setting fire to the bowls course when it doesn't go his way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chucking one of the uh, bowls at somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But he has got a heart of gold. He has got a heart He's of gold. Well, side of temper. That's the first 100 score we've had in our series of top trumps. So, wow. I thought we had one. No? No, we didn't. No, we got, no. We, I think we went close. Um, no. Okay. Right. Um, Charlie, how much of a cock wombot is Curtin? I put 70, which is quite high. He's a cockwomble, I suppose. I mean, he coined the phrase. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that is true. By he calling somebody else that, but I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's going on? What, give us your reasons for it. Well, just his, uh, I'm just trying to think of what his stupid stuff he's done. I mean, well, loads of hanging out with a couple of nerds. <laughs> uh, you know that he'd actually quite quickly saw the fact that he would probably should be beating them up rather than being mates with them which is mm. I think it is a fact I think it's the extreme thing is that he, he does contradict himself all the time Um, I don't know what did you guys get? Well I've gone for 70 pretty much the same thing as you know I think he's he can be the instigator of some some sort of stupid stuff, yeah. Stupid stuff, and also the yeah. way that he treats um, uh, Soph. You yeah. know, he's, he's obviously he's got a girl there that thinks the world of him. 
yeah. but all he's worried about is the yeah. fact that that the guy that just had a go at him isn't from Greece, it's from Saved by the Bell, where yeah. she's she's pouring her heart out at him. <laughs> and sure. it's you th- and I remember watching that and thinking, Oh my god, you know, you've got a lovely girlfriend there, Curtin. Don't yeah. fuck it up. <laughs> and no one's worried about this. Oh, that's that's embarrassing, isn't it? That's Mr. Belding. Gone then, Neil. Fifty. Fifty. Yeah, I think it depends on the mood that he is. I mean, like you said, he can be as nice as pie, and then the next minute he does a complete cockwomble thing, like throw Kerry's shoe on the train. I mean, that was that was yeah. that is a cockwomble thing, isn't it? So, yeah, if it was the other way around. He would go absolutely mental. Yeah, wouldn't he? So yeah, he probably wouldn't speak to her for a week. Yeah, definitely, definitely. In fact, that goes as well from what you were saying about. Um, how Curtin can change really quickly because they were getting on okay sat on that bench. And I think it was only because he started, uh, Kerry started calling Curtin chicken boy, wasn't it? And that was it. And it, he just changed sort of straight away. He just went from, right, I'm going to be really vindictive and get rid of one of your only pair of shoes. (laughs) Yeah. He's got PTSD from being called chicken boy at school. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's actually a true story. When I was at um, university next to in my, I think it was like Freshers' Week, and we we're in this nightclub, and some girl came up to me, <laughs> so tragic, and said, "Chicken boy." And I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I-, I thought it was like, "Oh, is she trying to sort of chat me up or something?" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "You're so thin, you look like a chicken," and then laughed and walked off. Oh my <laughs> I god! I saw where she was walking off, and she had the like to a group of mates who were all laughing, watching, and then it. I clocked what they were doing. They're obviously playing the game. Tell them, which is uh, where you just if you say something, you go, oh, you know, that guy is pretty ugly. Then you got to go. If you, someone says tell them, you got to go and say it to their face. That's <laughs> oh <my laughs> an awful game. But the realization that someone was doing that on me was just the most, you know, heartbreaking. But who's having the last laugh now, Charlie? Eh? Well, am I? Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, are. I'm calling myself a chicken. I was going to say, years <laughs> later, he's putting it in his own show. But it that just... doesn't work. Chickens aren't thin. Well, the, I, the, the necks are quite thin. Oh, is that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I suppose I've got, because I've got a big nose, it's probably sort of quite beak-like, you know, like a chicken's beak. Oh, dear <laughs> me. Yeah. But I mean, that's, a, you know, most of the show is sort of, Stuff that has happened to us, I suppose. Yeah. Well, we'll never well, talk about Charlie. exclusives. There's an exclusive yeah. for you. <laughs> okay, right. We're on to the final one. That having a laugh. Uh, how much do you think uh, Curtin likes having a laugh? Um, we'll go on, Charlie. Give us yours first. Well, it's probably quite high thinking about it in hindsight. But I put eighty. Because um, yeah, because I was thinking purely about the. Uh, when he flags the bus down, um, pretends to get on and then doesn't. And he's like, so, it's so pathetic, but it's like what his version of a joke is, it's just so, yeah, it's so tragic, but he loves it, mm. um, which is quite funny. But I was, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember what other incidents there are, unless you guys can. Yeah, well, Neil? I've got 75. He, he does always seem to be game for a laugh. I mean, Mr. Perkins, there you are. You're laughing about the death of Mr. Perkins and making the song up. 
That's, that's true. That's the pair of you having a laugh about it. So, you, know, yeah. you shouldn't be laughing about his death, but you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was... I, I'll give him a 60. So I do think... I think he's he is game for a laugh. I mean, I think all the stuff that he was doing... It's funny what you're saying about the... Uh, sort of hanging out with the nerds that also goes along again with his, his passion yeah the whole true. warhammer thing as, as soon the whole fact that they're nerds pales yeah. you know just witters away as soon as they mention warhammer because <laughs> that's a that's a passion of curtains so all of a sudden they're like his best mates now because they're all talking about i mean it doesn't last long do they because he realizes <laughs> now they're just fucking nerds i should be beating them up i shouldn't be but uh, yeah, so I've given him uh, sixty for that because I do think he's got. Sometimes again, I think his sense of humor is a little bit misguided. Yeah, uh, and it depends if he's with Kerry. Like you know, if he's with Kerry, they can sort of egg each other on. Yeah, and do stupid stuff together. But it's when he's on his own and he does stupid stuff. I'm just trying to remember what else he's done. Because um, he can be very serious at the same time. I th- well, I mean, the whole grease night was something that if you look at slugs, slugs threw himself into that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Curtin had a face like a smacked ass all through it. He just didn't want to be there. Yeah. He, yeah. It's so strange. He's just, he's got his own things that he's into and he loves that. And I think if something, you know, he thinks is too sort of mainstream or it's too enjoyed by too many people, he'll sort of, yeah, go into himself a little bit. Mm. But then he'll also do stuff that will, to please others, yeah. slapping slapping the drink out of that girl's hand. He, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure that Curtin wouldn't have really wanted to do that. But because no, he's again being egged on. Yeah. 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 He's being egged on by two people that he's trying to impress. Yeah. But he's think he's doing it. He's doing it for a laugh. He's not doing it to be nasty to. No, to but likewise. To oh, sorry. Likewise in the pub afterwards. When he calls you big bold fanny to Martin, he's having a laugh, isn't he? They might not find he's having a laugh, but it definitely won't make me laugh. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, So he's got that element, that side to him. You know, let's all stay and have shots. You big, come on, you big bold Mm. fanny. That's true. Yeah, there was a. I remember when we did that scene. There was like, there was a whole. I really wanted to keep it in, but it got cut just because we didn't have enough time. There was like a, a three minute scene after the pub where Curtin um, gets kicked out by the by the <laughs> landlord and he's trying to fight someone as he goes out. And then the landlord throws him out and he just and you, the camera's still inside the pub and you just see out the window. And Curtin picks up this traffic cone and he's just singing <laughs> swing songs and hurling it around his head. <laughs> it was I, yeah, I mean, thinking back, maybe, yeah, it's probably uh, too stupid to go in, but that should have been deleted scene, actually. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that would have um, that would have bumped up his got range score, That's definitely. Bit, yeah, bit of a, yeah, nasty drunk. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, yeah, yeah, so how do you feel, is, is that what he's like when he's drunk? Or do you think he's, does he go through stages like certain people go through when they're drunk? It's like, it's extremes, isn't it? I think he likes to be in control. So he probably wouldn't like, you know, if he's going to get pissed, he's going to get absolutely battered. I, I think he's done it a few times, but I don't know. I don't, maybe he's a nasty, is he a nasty trunk? Maybe. It's a bit horrible to think that he is. Yeah. But, but he's also that age, isn't he? He's, 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 
a youngster, if you like. That... Angst, yeah, a lot yeah. of angst. <laughs> yeah. And drink changes people anyway. What sort of drunk are you, Charlie? Um, what Drinker? Or drunk, yeah, when oh, you get drunk. drunk. Um, I'm sort of just a bit of a stupid sort of... I feel like I'm quite mellow, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I've never been, you know, out in siren scrapping or anything like that. Um, do you get do you get quite huggy and sort of handsy when you're when you're drunk? I'm not asking because I'm interested. I'm just <laughs> handsy. <laughs> well, you know what I mean because I'm I go through. Your credit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it would have paper up to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like when when I get drunk, I get a little bit sort of. Well, I go through. Neil's seen this. I go through stages where I get very sort of happy, then I get very emotional and huggy, and then yeah. I get then I get very down. You know, all in the space of like <laughs> yeah. two pints. Normally, that's yeah. what it does. We, for the me. three stages of pub. I'll film it one day for you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. it's funny yeah. as it really is. I identify with that definitely, definitely. But yeah. it's weird. I mean, being locked down, you're not going to the pubs. It's weird. I mean, you know occasionally in the week have a drink in the evening like i am now but it's like when you're hung over after a night of just drinking at home by yourself it's really strange I can <laughs> you think at least it's just not worth it really yeah. is it? you think at least if you've been to the pub and got pissed you sort of had that experience of being with your mates or something but so that is a really uh yeah it's been a strange experience getting used to but <laughs> I mean, I'm not an alcoholic, but <laughs> if, if it's lockdown carries on, I might become one. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope it's sort of. Well, we've got a sort of a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing, haven't we? But uh, okay, cross. so we've got curtain scores. So we've got um, forgot range seventeen. So yep. not not that handy in a fight, but I think we all sort of agreed that was right. Not much of a peeper at twenty two, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Uh, random acts of kindness 82 that's the card you want to have if you're going to do random acts of kindness wow, yeah. uh, cockwomble 63 and having a laugh 72 so pretty decent scores there eh? yeah charlie that's you're you're card. the guy that would know do you think that's pretty fair for curtain definitely i think that's yeah happy with that as he would say yeah, <laughs> yeah <pretty good. laughs> uh right um i've got a couple of questions if that's all right to to ask you um Charlie, of course. Uh, from John Bolter, he said, "Can you ask Charlie which characters he thinks should have their roles expanded in the U.S. series? I would suggest that Rob Robinson should have a detailed storyline about things he does, including working at the garage and salamanders." That would be good. That would be really nice, actually, Rob Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, I think they finished the filming in America. I haven't seen anything yet. I don't know if Rob Robinson's in it, but. Um... God, that is a great question. What character would I like to see expanded? Um, I suppose, I mean, it's one that everyone says, Kerry's mum, I think, because there is so much mystery about her, just would love to not necessarily see her, but just, I don't know, just to know more, I suppose. Find out more from other people. Find out more, yeah, I think so. Um, Because you only ever, you know, it's just sort of this, this, ghoulish sort of disembodied voice you hear the whole time but um i don't know who else really mm. what about you guys what do you think i'm len? just I'm... i'd like to see len bit yeah more backstory to len I'm, I'm just fascinated with how the show is going to just look you know 
because uh, we've said it a million times on the podcast, I love the American office and I love the fact yeah. that it's when they were making that it was 20, 22 episodes and you could really delve into the characters yeah. and fall in love with the characters a lot more deeply than the Brit- the British office. And I think if they do that with, with the characters that you've, the, the basis of what we've seen and what we know, I think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I think it's going to be, um, They've had, they've created a, a, a fair few new ones as well, new characters. Just yeah. to, so they, you know, there's more potential for storylines, I suppose. Uh, especially when you're doing, you know, so many uh, episodes in a series. I know that the vicar's got a love interest, which is interesting, really interesting actually. So I think in our show we refer to the vicar's wife a few times, Polly, but we don't yeah. really know much about her. Although I would love to have sort of gone deeper into that was there never a a, a plan to because that was one of the things on one of our um what's going to happen next episodes that we thought well the vicar's mentioned polly he's got to be in the next series was there ever a point of that mm, not really we thought about it a couple of times but it's just nice to have him you know he mentions her a few times as i can mm. sort of Im- imagine her as a bit of a you know she's quite strict and quite sort of not cold but you know very different to the vicar he's a little bit sort of under the thumb slightly which is would be quite nice but um but yeah that would have been that would have been a good thing to do if we carried on definitely Mm. Mm. okay that's that's a good one okay um samantha wright asks and this is a question that she's been messaging us ages saying if you ever get a chance to speak to charlie Where is Curtin's mum and why does he live with his nan? It's a great question. And <laughs> we, I think when we were writing the third series, we wanted to explore more about Curtin's home life and why he lives with his nan. And I think we sort of, obviously we'd, we'd sort of do it in the funeral episode where he's, um, you know, we realised that Curtin's dad it was a lot older. I think we we always talked about that. Imagine that Curtin's mum was like a a bit of a hippie type, and probably had Curtin when she was really young, and a bit of a free spirit, and couldn't quite, you know, and it was a bit um, probably too much for her when Curtin was born. So sort of gave him over to the nan. And then we sort of imagined that she'd be living in sort of like a commune in Wales or something like that. Or, um, And we were close to writing something about it, but then it just didn't feel, I don't know. I think it's like, you know, a lot of people live with their nan. Like a lot of people I went to school with, some of my mates, and you never quite know why, what happened there. It's just, you know, it's quite a normal thing. And I, yeah, sometimes that mystery is quite good, I think. Right. How often okay. are you asked who Curtin's nan is then? Um, <laughs> not not a lot actually. Oh, really? I thought you would have been. No. no. Uh, will that ever become common knowledge? <laughs> oh god! I mean, I could say it now. Oh my god! Well, you could. Do you know what would happen if I? Oh my god! Uh, Leave it to the end of the podcast, and if we've got enough tape, tell us, yeah. and hopefully we'll get the tape. But 
you never know. <laughs> Enough tape. Are we in the? Well, I was going to say. You imagine listening to this, and and Charlie's just about to tell us who it was, and the tape run out. And then it take. I, I mean, I can edit it like that. That'd be amazing. And he goes right. I'm finding a day. It's and then it cuts off. Oh, maybe. that'd be amazing. I mean, we happen. again in the on the podcast we've had so many people come up with so many ideas we've got our idea of who we think it is yeah. and you know and the amount of times that we've spoken to i think we were speaking to different people from the cast weren't we and they wouldn't say who it was and um yeah. talk, talking to tom and to simon and they you know and also simon coming out and saying that that ray McClough was um uh Mackenzie Crook he put that up on Twitter I think one time <laughs> yeah well do you know what when we originally wrote that episode we were thinking whether we should approach Mackenzie Crook to play uh not Ray but the oh that, that actually that was something that we from a previous like an early draft we had the idea of Curtin um get uh finding his wait no Fuck, I've totally forgotten what the episode was. So Ray was his half brother, wasn't it? Yeah. Um oh yeah, so that's it. So the idea in the very first draft of that episode was that Curtin sort of uh, gets back in contact with his nephew, who is in fact older than him, who's like 40 or 50, which often is quite, you know, a thing that's really mm. weird in a family when you get, you know, someone who's like nephew no yeah Curtin is the uncle of someone who's like 40 or 50 and we thought about um approaching Mackenzie Cook to play that and we thought oh god it would be so good being the last series if that was to happen but then we sort of got cold feet on it and just thought maybe you're sort of breaking that third wall a little bit if you have like a well-known faith in it but um it was considered definitely I was oh. I was going to ask about Ray McClough, but um, obviously you've answered that. But it's um, one of the creepiest. Just looks, because it's on VHS or, or video, when it pans over to Ray, it's just one of those just a creepy visual. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like something out of The Grudge. It's a Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah. just stood in the corner of the room. Yeah, we that that was the first episode we wrote of that series. And that that changed a lot because it was like we found it really hard trying to work out what was Curtin, what was his goal in that episode, and what was he trying to pursue. I think we got there in the end slightly, but yeah, it was a it's quite a tricky episode to write. Um, but yeah, the idea that it was just like you know that he was just really boring. It was quite. I think that was probably the trouble with it. It was quite similar to the Robert Robinson. Um, episode where it's sort of the same journey um and it's the same you know this country thing of building something up to be this big thing and then actually just being you know fucking nothing (laughs) (laughs) isn't that life though isn't (laughs) that life yeah totally totally. um also just wanted to to make you aware the the dump gang facebook group i don't i'm sure you you know all about them they passed twenty thousand members what um, to, I think today or yesterday? Um, so Ross, Amy, Sarah, Amanda, Kim, and Helena just wanted to say hi, um, uh, and let you know about that. Couple of other little things, right? Fulham, yeah. Um, how do you think they? How do you think they're going to do? Because they're coming into a little bit of form now. 
We are, yeah, it's strange. Like, I got used to losing every week and now we're sort of picking up a few points. It feels really strange. But yeah, we're doing better. Whether we've got enough to catch Newcastle is another thing, but um, it's just been a strange season. Mm. Um, well, as you know, with Liverpool and... Oh, God. Ben, I'll talk about it. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it's just weird not being able to go to the games and stuff. It just it feels like it's you're watching, you know, empty grounds and it's so I don't know, it just it doesn't feel the same. But um I do love Scott Parker. And I really really hope that he t- you know, keeps him up and keeps his job mostly. So even if they go down, would you like to see him still with them next season? Yeah, definitely. He's young and you know he's uh, he's got a lot to learn, but it feels like he's learned so much this season from how we were at the beginning to how we are now. You know we're playing a different formation, the tactics are completely different. So it feels like he's got you know some nous. It's just whether you know the uh, chairman has got en- enough patience, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But I do like him. I-, I like the way he you know he looks great and he dresses well. So that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's an ex Tottenham player, so he's all right, isn't he? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, one of the things that was great right over Christmas, the BBC Panto that you and Daisy were oh, uh, yeah. involved in. Uh, so what, did you just get a call out of the blue for that? or? Yeah, that was like really late notice. Um, sort of a couple of weeks before, saying if we wanted to be the Ugly Sisters. Um, but then I think they changed the name to Evil Stepsisters or something because they thought, you know, a bit harsh on us being so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was fun. It was like, it was, a, it, we spent a day doing that on Zoom and there was like 30 people. So it's hard enough doing, you know, a Zoom chat with three or four people, let alone 30 and 30 actors, which was a pain in the ass. But uh, no, but it was for charity, obviously. It was so very nice. <laughs> It seemed, it was, it seemed it was like fun. it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, I must admit. It was weird because we didn't really, we were talking about it, weren't we? We didn't really know thought, what the hell is this? What's, what's it going to be? How are they going to do it? And then after a, a couple of minutes of watching it, you sort of understood what it was going to be about. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. It was just, it was, it took all day. It was, it was so long. It just was like, uh, yeah, getting through your scripts. Because people just don't realise that the other person's talking or they can't hear each other. So there's a few technical problems. But I think they got there in the end. But like, no idea how they edited it all together. Amazing job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and future projects. Um, I know that you and Daisy were, were, so were writing something else. Um, can you tell us anything about that or how far you are? Or um, Probably. Uh, there's a few things going on. Um and we're doing a couple of things separately as well. So probably can't say, to be honest. No, that's fine. Totally but, understand. Um, but yeah, a few th- yeah, it won't be long, hopefully, until we can sort of announce something. But yeah. Looking forward to it. I mean, anything you it. do is great because it means we can carry the podcast on because we just keep yeah. going. <laughs> I mean, we're at nearly 170 episodes now, Charlie, which is fucking crazy that is so good you know so um uh, we'll keep uh, ringing we'll keep ringing. oh yeah don't worry <laughs> there's there's always a place for you charlie whenever you want to chat to us about anything um sure. please do um right so neil do you want to tell everybody it's now over to the listeners they need to give us their scores for curtain you've heard 
myself, you've heard Neil, and of course the expert Charlie uh, giving us uh, giving you our scores. It's now over to you. Neil, would you like to Yeah, you can, uh, you can can vote with your scores on any of our social media platforms under This Country Pod. Click and give us a like if you haven't already done so. You can email your scores over to WTAFThisCountry at Hotmail.com. And also go to the website where we have all sorts of information where you can also put your scores in at WTAFPodcast.com. Wonderful. And if you want to be like Doug and come and be a uh, Patreon peeper, then go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. And of course, tickets for our final live show in November um, with, well, with what Boris has said, hopefully November will be wonderful. Um, Go to the website and you'll be able to get your tickets there. There's still a few tickets left. You'll never Uh, know be the special guest there. Who? <laughs> I said you'll never know. Oh, we well, you'll never, ne- you're ne- you're never know. No, who who <laughs> knows? Who knows? Who knows? But, well, you know, you never know. Who knows? Anyway, I will drum roll now, and Charlie will tell us who is Curtin's nan. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> Charlie, let's get this perfect. Ready? Should I? No, I can't. I'll get in trouble. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, uh, that's we fine. We could have just cut it off, you know. We could have done. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Neil, thank you very much. Thank you, Pav. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie, thank, thank you thank so you. much for spending some time with us. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.